Welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners. I'm your host, Maureen Warbach. Hey guys, welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, Episode 3. Today we're going to be talking about niching yourself out. When people hear the phrase niching yourself out, I think a lot of clinicians who haven't done so get nervous. There's this unspoken feeling that when we get out of grad school and whenever we decide to go to private practice, if that's the case, is that we will have to be grasping at straws to get as many clients as we can. And so the idea of niching yourself out does not sound plausible. Um, I think most private practice clinicians that I meet, whether in solo or group practice, uh, start out by not niching themselves out and are very general, seeing children, adolescents, adults, couples, families, people with addictions, people with postpartum depression, people struggling in their relationships, and they stay really general so that they can get the most amount of referrals as possible. But the problem is in this is that your clients will never feel like you're actually speaking to them. So I want to use today to help you become more comfortable in niching yourself out as well as the clinicians in your group practice. Um, So I want to talk about two of the ways that a group practice can be niched out. The first is that your group practice as a whole has a niche. Um, An example of this would be a private practice or a group practice that specializes in addictions treatment. Your group practice is niched to addictions and works with that specific population. Uh, The second example is a group practice that is not niched out, but the individual clinicians within that group practice have specialties or niches um, and populations that they prefer to work with. Uh, This is how my group practice is run. So I have a general group practice called Urban Wellness, and I have 10 clinicians And all of us have different specialties, different populations we prefer to work with. And from that, we have niched ourselves out. So I have a clinician who specializes in only adult OCD work. I have a drug and alcohol counselor. I have a few therapists that specialize in working with children with behavioral issues, uh, one for ADHD. Um, And I will talk a little bit about myself at the end of this on how I niched myself out and how I formed my elevator pitch or tagline. So that's the first step is to look at your group practice and see, is my practice already in and of itself sort of niched? Um, If that's the case, then you're going to want to hone in on that. And if it's not, uh, to think about whether that is something that you are wanting for your future in your group practice or if you want the clinicians individually to have their own specialties or niches. Once that happens, I would start with working on yourself and figuring out how to get your niche out before you expand that to the clinicians in your practice. So the benefits of niching yourself out is, one, the most important one, is that clients will feel like you understand them specifically, that you're speaking to them. When, if you look at Psychology Today or some of these other online portals that have clinicians or directories that have clinicians listed, um, a lot of them, if you look, are very general. And if you are online looking for a therapist, those general bios will not feel like you're being spoken to. But if you see, there's some in there 
that are super specific. Their bios, they really reach out to a specific person. And obviously that cuts out a lot of people, but that population will feel like that clinician is actually talking to them. And that's the number one benefit of niching yourself out is that you won't be getting clients with a range of concerns or a range of populations. You'll be getting calls for one or two populations that you specifically work with and you'll enjoy the work that you do. So benefit number one, clients feeling like you understand them, that you're speaking to them. The second thing is that it shows your expertise. When I look at these general bios, I'm never really quite sure who it is that they are trying to talk to. Who is it that they feel most connected to or that they feel most confident in helping? So the second benefit is definitely that it shows your expertise when you niche yourself out. The third, and I think also super important, is that you're going to enjoy your work more and you're going to enjoy the clientele that you see. In nonprofit where um, I used to work, we would have a ton of populations that we would see and it would get tiring because there were clients that I didn't feel like I could connect to. There were clients that I didn't feel like I could help as much as others and so I got burnt out pretty quickly and one of the benefits to... um, niching yourself out is that you're going to be able to choose who you see right off the bat and you're going to enjoy your work more. You're also going to feel much more confident in the work that you're doing because you're going to be seeing the clients that you feel most connected to and the clients that you feel like you can help most. And you know finally the most important thing is that clients are going to know and they're going to feel if you're invested in their work as much as they're invested in in their work. And it's not easy to be invested in populations that you don't feel like you can best serve or populations that you just aren't that interested in working with. So when you niche yourself out, you are cutting out the populations that just aren't a great fit for you and you're getting those clients that you feel the best fit with. Given all these benefits, why is it that people still don't niche themselves out? What are their fears? What are they afraid of? Well, one is that a lot of clinicians will say that they don't want to be too specific because what if I lose on other population on seeing other populations? What if I'm willing to see some, um, a child with anxiety even though I prefer to see adults with anxiety, for example? And this is where I will stop someone in their tracks. If you're willing to see someone, that doesn't sound, I don't want to be the client that my clinician is, you know, willing to see. I want a clinician who sees me because they want to see me because they feel like they can help me and that that's their passion. So right off the bat there, if you're afraid of being too specific because you're also willing to see people outside of your specialty or outside of your uh, immediate focus, I would say don't see those clients anyways. There are so many clients around the world. There is not a shortage of whatever specialty or whatever niche that you have. There isn't a shortage of clients in your area that that you can't get filled up within that niche. The second thing is this fear of not getting referrals. If I niche myself out, I'm not going to get any referrals. And that's just plain false. It obviously depends on how well, how much, 
in the ways that you market yourself. And that's going to be on my next episode is how to market once you're niched. Um, but there is no shortage of clients for any population, any niche that a person might have, but there is not, you will not be getting less referrals because you niche yourself out. When my group practice finally decided to everyone become niched and have a specialty and a specific population that they work with, um, we noticed that there were not less clients calling about the same amount of clients were calling per month because we keep track of that. But those clients that were calling, they weren't calling just, can I see someone at Urban Wellness? They were calling to see specific clinicians in our practice because the bios were, they were drawn to those bios. The last fear that I thought of is the visibility. A lot of clinicians feel like if they niche themselves out, they're going to become less visible in some way, whether it's online or marketing wise, or because they feel like there aren't a lot of clients, they think that they're going to become less visible if they don't say they see everything. And that's also just not the case. I, when I started my group practice and we were, you know, a general, everyone was very general. We did not niche ourselves out. Everyone was uh, everyone's bios said we see children, adults, couples, families, every, everything on the planet. Um, we weren't getting as many um, speaking engagements. We weren't getting as many people calling us, businesses calling us to do any sort of presentations because our website looked like it didn't. Re- it looked like we didn't really have any expertise, and so when people checked out our website, they no one felt drawn to it like they do now. And so, you know, once we niched ourselves out, we we became more visible. And so many clinicians and group practice that I talk to, practice owners, they say the same thing is once they really niched themselves out, they noticed that the calls that came in were more specific and that people saw what benefit their that group practice had in their community. So I want to end this little mini episode with if you haven't already niched yourself out, how to think about this. And so get a piece of paper or think about this if you're driving, but who have you worked with? What populations or concerns or issues have you felt most comfortable and confident in working with? Something to think about. Um, What clients of yours, whether it's now or in the past, that you've enjoyed working with the most? And why why was that? Um, Was it because of the population, the age range? Was it because um, of a specific issue that you feel like you're, you have an expertise in? And, you know, obviously keep your specialty in mind if you have one and then talk to this client. Um, This is the, the best thing that you can do is write as if you're talking to a specific client. And that doesn't mean that you need to have one area that you're niched out in. Um, one of my clinicians had this fear that she, when I, you know, talked to everyone and said, I really want you to sit down this weekend and think about, you know, the populations that you've been working with and which population or populations you feel most confident and enjoy, you know, working with the most. Her fear was, you know, I like a couple there's a, you know, I, you know, I like working with the, um, we live in Chicago, but she likes working with the Chicago fire and police department personnel and, but she also likes working with couples and and she had felt, you know, these are two s- such drastically different populations to work with that she had to pick one. And that's not the case. You can have a couple areas 
um, if you look online at some of these Facebook groups, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're a part of a lot of Facebook psychotherapy groups. And if you look on there, people will talk about their taglines or their, you know, elevator pitches. And most people have a couple, so it's not a problem to feel drawn to more than one niche area. It's just outlining that. So um, the last piece is to talk to this client, write to this client so that when these people read your bio, they're going to feel like you're you're talking straight to them. Um, I want to end with mine, which is always a work in progress, and I'm always looking at it, which I um, suggest everyone do every few months is to look at their website, make any updates that is needed, look at their bios, and see if there's any updates that need to be made, whether it's in verbiage or um, in, in specialty area. So I want to read you my tagline so you can have an example. Again, my tagline is always a, a work in progress, something that I fine tune every once in a while. But right now, um, this is my verbiage. I help, uh, millennial adults improve their relationships, couples struggling to connect and entrepreneurs slash professionals learn to manage the stresses of leadership. So you can see I'm pretty specific. I I only work with adults, millennials specifically, uh, with relationships, couples, and entrepreneurs or professionals learning to manage the stresses of leadership. So take that as an example and start with a tagline. That might be the easiest way is um, that elevator pitch or tagline of who you, what you would tell someone when they asked what is the population or who do you see and then go on from that so well, i hope this was helpful um next week i'll be um putting out a podcast that follows this one that's on marketing your group practice because it is a little different to market yourself uh, as a solo practitioner versus marketing yourself as a group practice There's a struggle for group practice owners who do the marketing in that they feel like clients that call are always wanting to see them because they're the ones doing the marketing. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how to bridge that that gap and make that not as uh, prevalent. So have a good day. And oh, I also wanted to, to mention that in the next few weeks, I am going to be starting... Um, an interview series with different group practice owners and it's going to be pretty thorough. It's going to be on three different aspects of group practice ownership and we're going to get to hear how group practice owners of different areas of the country run their group practice from the startup, the marketing, and um, managing employees. So be ready to listen to that. And if you're a group practice owner interested in doing the interview series, uh, shoot me an email at maureen at thegrouppracticeexchange.com. I'll see you next week. Have a good day. Thanks for tuning in to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. We'll see you next week.